go. Yo, 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 yo. Uh, this is Alaska Set. Again, I am your host, uh, John Richard. Yo, so, what's up? Oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Egyptia. So this episode today is quite different because I am actually not in cola right now. I am yeah, yeah. coming straight from the Ville. What's up, everybody? It's like Pase. Yeah, straight from um, Greenville, South Carolina. Yes. Greenville. Yes, 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 yes. Got a, lot, got a lot of shit going on in Greenville. Yes, a lot of shit going on. So we're going to start with the quote of the week today? Um, yeah, I can, I can start off with it. Um, uh, the quote is, sometimes you have to create your own opportunities. We need to stop looking for other people to give us opportunities and just stay there and create something. Um, I think sometimes we get complacent looking for jobs, um, looking for ways to, you know, for other people to give us money rather than us, um, you know, create those opportunities for ourselves. So, in hindsight, what I'm trying to tell people to do is uh, you have to boss up. There's <laughs> no, no better, I can't, I can't say no better but to boss up, period. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. That's true. You know, so many people do get complacent in, in their work environment, um, careers, even relationships. People get so complacent in relationships. And, you know, that's why a lot of times people are not happy with what they have. I, you think I don't agree with that? I totally agree with that. Um, but, you know, to, to each his own. You know, I just, I, I think my major purpose, my point is this is that we all have dreams. This, this is a time um, in society where you can, you know, be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is easy now because with the success of, um, what is this called? With the success of social media, the success of, you know, just it cuts the middleman out and it just leaves you straight to the consumer. Right. That's right. what That's it does. True. So, to me, if you want to start a business, it is the perfect time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, by the grace of God, we got social media to sit there and be our own bosses and being entrepreneurs and things like that. I mean, you know, for instance, you know what we're doing now, you know, that's a way of um, entrepreneurship, you know, just getting a mic together and just talking about a bunch of bullshit together. You know, that's, that's a way to, you know, make a business, make a brand, you know. You don't necessarily have to have millions of dollars, thousands of dollars in order to start, you know, promoting yourself and making yourself a brand now, which is, you know, an amazing thing with this new generation. Yeah, and, you know, that I, I totally agree with it. Um, but, like I said, on the same or other on the hindsight, uh, you got to be willing to do it. You got to be willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be willing to do, to do all of it, you know. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, absolutely, you absolutely. Yes, Once absolutely. Work, you can reap the benefits of anything. That's true. That's absolutely true. So, on to the next thing. Let's try and play some catch up because, you know, we've been gone for like two weeks. So, definitely want to catch up on people, uh, catch up to people as to, you know, what you and I have been up to. So, wanting to give a big shout out to you, Richard. You know, a big round of applause. Richard got married um, July 28th. Um, I'm still wiping, yes, I'm still wiping the sweat off my eyebrows because my God, 
I had to coordinate the whole time and it was freaking crazy. But um, I was so happy to see Rich and Ariel happy. And I just wanted to give you like the biggest congratulations. You know, you guys definitely give me hope that, you know, one day I'll find a nigga to act right and marry. Maybe one of these days. Y'all give me hope in this generation. Because this generation ain't shit sometimes. <laughs> and, but the great thing is, it's not, it's not just you. I've been seeing the multiple of um, women have these same problems. Um, the problem is finding a guy um, that's not just here to chill. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? I, I right. Sometimes in this generation, it's hard to find somebody who's like, no, I'm here not just to chill. I'm here to date. I want to grow with you. I want to be something um, big with you. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's guys out there. You know, I'm not going to say that there's no guys out there. I'm not going to say that it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a preferable, you know, a, a bunch of guys out there. But there are guys out there that are willing to do those kind of things. Um, so, you tell women, uh, stop settling for uh, fuck boys. Um, really. Um, I think we need to start putting some more emphasis on dating. Stop settling for just chilling. Um... You know, Netflix ain't the way you want to go all the time. You know, take somebody out uh, to the movie, take them to the park, put more emphasis on dates. Yeah. And I think yes. that, um, speaking, just speaking from my perspective as a man, is that if he, all the thing he wants to do is chill with you, sweetheart, he's probably not the guy for you. You know, a real man would like to take you out, want to show, show you that he does have interest. On you know when it, when it comes to these kind of things, so um, keep your head up, goddamn it. Yeah, and, and then stop for less. right, and then also you know where where it's hard and where you know I see it even you know myself you know I kind of see what what guys do because I have so many guy friends, and for instance you know a, a guy who has a girl at home and kids and things like that, but he's still trying to fish something else out so it's like you have somebody that you see that you feel like you're settling down with but you don't know what that person is doing you know once they step out into the streets and that's another scary thing for a lot of girls like a lot of girls be with these fuck boys but they don't even know so i i I could agree with that um but i also look at things sometimes we can look at things on both sides a lot of guys they will talk to girls the girls will never tell them that well, she's married or that, you know, say she's, she's dating, whatever the case may be. So either, or I guess when it comes to dating or just relationships in general, um, we just have to be cautious, but also be vulnerable enough um, to allow a person to date us. And I think sometimes we get, it's, it's, it's two-sided. We'd be too cautious and a person will, you know, a person will never get that chance or will go walk over you or... You know, you'll never, you'll never meet the person, or you'll be too vulnerable, and it backfires on you. My problem so is I'm too vulnerable, and it backfires on me. You know, so like I said, I've seen the worst of it, and also I've seen the best of it. Mm-hmm. Um, regards to that, so yeah, yeah, but that, but that was, but that was, that was amazing. It's, it's so cool. I guess you know, being a witness to you know, you guys' relationship for the last two years. Like, it's been dope to see, like, you guys made it. Like, I, I remember after I was, like, so tired or whatever, when she finally got down the island and I sat down, like, I got so teary-eyed. I was like, oh, my God, they made it. They did it. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I was like, wait, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I cried. I definitely it, cried. Yeah, it was, it was it was a beautiful moment. Um, and so you know, I like give a shout out to, to to not just to my wife, um, but to everybody that was a part of it. Everybody that came, um, and, you know, it, it was a special occasion um, to see you know where we started to where we got, um, and you know just just to let everybody a little high. So I don't really talk about my relationship as much um, like that, but. I wasn't always the best um, role model guy. I wasn't the, you know, I'm going to take you out on dates, this kind of person. I wasn't always that kind of guy. Um, it was times where I was someone like a player. I was someone in these streets all of a sudden. But um, sometimes it takes maturity and it takes time for a person to grow. Um, I was just talking to, uh, I guess, like my little cousin the other day, and I told her, like, what Darnell Jones in the, said in the song, uh, Where I Want to Be, was real. Um, if you give a man some time or woman, someone, uh, you just don't there's a lot of lust inside of us. Um, and so that's what I had to go through. And, you know, I mean, some people stuck it out. Some people can't. Um, and luckily, uh, she did, uh, whatever the case may be. And, you know, we're married now and, you know, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you. That moment when you saw her walking down the aisle, what what was going through your mind? How were you feeling? What was your thought process? Um, what was going through my mind? Like, God, dog, I'm sleepy, man. First thing I'm going through my mind. I'm so done with you. What the hell? I'm sorry, like, God, dog, already gets over with. Um, but on the other hand, I, you know, basically what I was thinking about was um, where where we started from. You know, sometimes people don't know people don't know my backstory, or the case may be. But from where we started from, from you know, at one point I had no job. You know, when she was pregnant, she was broke, and you know, to getting married, to be able to pay for your own wedding. To me, that's 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 the that's the thing that's amazing. Um, and so, basically, what I looked at when I saw her coming down the aisle, I saw the years that we were together and the ob- the obstacles we had to overcome. You know, as sometimes when people, I think that's why some guys tear up when it comes to getting married or people walking down the aisle. Yeah. It's not the point of um, being in love so much. It's the point of seeing where you were, how you got started um, to now. You know, yeah, I think that's the most amazing thing is that, I mean, I didn't cry, but, you know, I'm not a kind of emotional person. But to see how we started um, to where we are right now, to me, I think that's one of the special things. Um, so anybody who gets married or whatever, and the guys that get married and listen to this, um, that's going to get married, um, when you see her walking down the aisle, just think about where you guys started. Think about the arguments. Think about the times you're going to break up. Think about all the crazy stuff. And all that, and sink all that in and look at you now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, you know, a wedding, I feel like, you feel like how you feel when you when you graduate from college. It, I feel like it's like a graduation of a relationship. You know, when you feel like, oh, I made it type shit. Like, I feel like probably that's that's what you were kind of thinking. Like, shit, we made it after all this shit. Um, yeah, I guess I guess similar. Like, you know, graduating from college is something someone they like, God damn, 
I had to wrote 3,000 papers. <laughs> I was on like four times. I thought about dropping out and becoming a stripper like eight times. <laughs> and, then, and, yeah, and so when you graduate, Niggas have becoming a stripper like eight times. I ain't gonna lie, it crossed my mind a couple times too because damn man, it's hard out here trying to go to school, go to work, and take care of bills and take care of. Oh my god, it's crazy. It's extremely um, hard. So kudos to everybody that you know has gone through the college part, the collegiate process of uh, bettering itself. You know, um, I think that's that's that right there is one of the longest marathons you can ever take. Mm-hmm. It has just four years. For most people, it's five to six years. I'm still not so done. Other people are stressing, you know. And, and and when I tell everybody that's working in the end, no, you may you know you may not get the job that you want to get after you graduate. It's possible they tell you this in college, but the lesson that you learn while in college to me is huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, for sure. I definitely understand that. I, I can't I can't wait to be at the finish line when I get my degree. So I guess on my side, well, I didn't get married or anything, uh, but I did move back home. Um, I'm back in the Ville now where I grew up. So it's been really cool kind of like rediscovering uh, my hometown, um, linking back up with old friends. I literally like just linked back up with... Uh, a guy I went to elementary school with, and we, like, tried to do, like, a pretend wedding when we were, like, in fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. What? Yes. Is that, like, your old boo thing or something? It's, like, my, he was my old boo thing in elementary school. Um, We legit, like, we linked up and we exchanged numbers or whatever. We've, we've just been catching up, catching up. You know, he's like, I got three kids. I just got divorced. And I was like, damn. I was like, I just moved back because I was broke. <laughs> yeah, three kids, I got divorced. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right a lot has happened to him over the years in a short amount of adult years but we were just talking about he was like yeah like I remember you telling me that you know you were Haitian and you know I remember all this stuff about you and I was like really it's been like I mean my god 15 years so it's been really dope like you know reconnecting with with old people that I went to school with and also meeting you know making new friendships and relationships with with new people that are in the city that have been around since they were since you know they were born as well so it's been really dope um I've been hanging out with my best friends a lot going to the gym like you know just my girl just coming over to the house to chill out or whatever so it's, uh-huh. it's been really cool um being with my nephew every single day like that's been fun too seeing my dad when I come home seeing my sister when she's off it's it's it literally it's a feels. Fresh, it's a breath of fresh air. It is. It is. It, it's really cool to see familiar f- places and faces now. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. So let's hope that the next catch up, you know, I can say I'm gonna get married. Nah, we'll see. You know. But you know, that's my catch up. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and I had to literally move six, uh, six and a half years of my life in less than two days. So, guys, that's the reason why, like, we were not able to record the week of Richard's wedding because literally the week of Richard's wedding was when I had to move and then he, he had to get married and then the next week like I had to readjust my whole life work everything so it's just been crazy but it's it's so good to be back on air and back recording for yes. sure yes 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 it feels, it feels good you know um basically if, if it feels like um we've been gone for too long I don't, I don't know why so now it's time to bring it back yeah, or, or something of that nature <laughs> yes for <But> sure 
but you know, it, it, it feels real good. Um, and you know, thanks, 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 shout out to everybody that's listening. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so let's 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 dive straight into it. And, you know. Um, Yep, let's talk about what's hot. So what's what's um hot in them streets, shady in them trees. Um so Akon launched his own cryptocurrency called Acoin. I I was about to say Acorn, but it's Acoin. So um I'm guessing the new ad lib is gonna be Acoin music. So um that's the only thing that I really didn't have something to read. <laughs> so so yeah so he launched his own cryptocurrency um actually one of my friends on facebook um actually posted it and i was like what really a con to a coin i was like all right dude cool so i think that's kind of cool um i mean shout out you know black excellence to that um let's see where that you know, takes his cryptocurrency. I don't really know what are the logistics of it. Um, but I think it's kind of dope that we see a black man launching his own cryptocurrency. I think that's going to mean a lot, you know, to the black community. And I hope that it, you know, literally just changes and shifts the world in financial aspects in the black community. And maybe it'll motivate other black people to invest in, in that type of stuff. So what do you think about it, Rich? Um, I think it's amazing. I think I think that what, what he is dangerous as well, but it's amazing um, that what Akon is doing for the economy of just Africa is, is is something we should be applauded to. Yes, it's something that we should we should hold him, you know, put him on his pedestal and be like, you know what, you're doing your thing, homie, because essentially that's what he's doing. Um, he's creating he, he's creating his own currency for the continent. Right now, there's two sides of it. Now, the other side is this. Gaddafi tried to do something similar to that, right? When Gaddafi, uh, he tried to create Africa-owned currency, right? Which was going to be backed by gold. So, if it was going to be backed by gold, it would have made Africa the richest continent on this world. Mm. When anything happens is, he dies. <laughs> you always say he dies, but he gets killed. Yeah, so, exactly. That's, that's the point I'm trying to say is... Um, it's it's a good it's a good thing to do, but we also have to look at the bad things. The yeah, what may come from it. Yeah, because um, they love killing off black people when when they start doing something that's really going to shift the world for sure. You know, I well, yes, yes, uh, but just just not just just black people. Like that's what they do with everybody. What they did with Gary Webb. Oh, like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And they said it was, he was he committed suicide with two bullet holes in his head. Two bullet holes. Two bullet holes. How? How sway? How? Because it's crazy. You know that's what they do. So um, for Akon, this is something that we need to apply for. Multiple other music artists, other music artists from that's from other countries, or not even just other countries, artists that's from here. Mm-hmm. They need to put their money where their mouth is, just like athletes need to. And you talking about you selling drugs, this, that, and the third whatever case can be. You owe it to your community to, to, to try to create some kind of change. Akon did so much things for Africa. If all of us would do the same thing somewhat like how he's doing, maybe the continent would be at a better place it's at. Yeah, for um, sure. 
and not not just that continent, but this continent, the, the world. Yeah. Um. So I guess I guess that just could be a challenge to um, all musical artists. Well, not just, not just musical artists, but people within any kind of entertainment industry, any people entrepreneurs, people who make some type of um, living. You know, that has all this money. Put your money where your mouth is and show love back to your community, back to your nation. And let's fight for equality. Let's keep on fighting for freedom. Let's keep on fighting for change to better um, not just your our kids, but our great great grandkids. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we we are definitely right now. We are the foundation of this black movement, this black enlightenment, this black consciousness that's happening right now. We are setting the foundation for our kids to pick up the mic and 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 just run with it, and and, and for for them to run with it, and then when they have kids. You know, they have something to kind of look after and look on to. Like, we're doing kind of like the semi of the hard part because our ancestors did the hardest part. Now we're doing the hard part of trying to make the black community shift their shift themselves mentally and spiritually so, so that the next generation can pick that back up and that becomes kind of a norm for them. Because can you imagine, you know... If this consciousness, this enlightenment movement that's happening right now in the community, if it keeps growing and growing and growing and it becomes normalized in our community, can you imagine what's going to happen with the next generation and the, and the generation after that? That's what I'm so excited to see. You know, I pray that I'm able to see my my great my grandkids, my great grandkids and see how that generation is going to be you know, as black people of the next generations. I'm, I'm so excited because to see how we're shifting to be like, yo, we need to be more for our people and trying to be more progressive and be more pro progressive thinking and, and moving. I can't wait to see, you know, what's going to happen, you know, later on. So, yeah, this is exciting. This is a good thing. And another exciting news, I was going to leave it for the end, but I guess like, it makes more sense to talk about it now. Uh, LeBron James and his I Promise School. So he opened up a, a school uh, for mm -hmm. underprivileged black kids. And, um, not, not just black kids. Not just black kids. It's oh. Just for, it's for, oh, it's just for, oh, yeah. It's, it's for all kids. It's, uh, I thought it was just for the black kids. Fake news. Oh, okay. So it's for underprivileged kids. Let me, my bad. For underprivileged kids, um, he's giving free tuition, uh, free uniforms, uh, free, um, free food as well. And then he's also providing um, education for uh, the parents. Yeah, the parents as well. Uh, what else? Uh, free transportation if you live two miles away from the school. Um, what else? And then it, um, didn't he also kind of start a trust fund for them for college? Yeah. So, yeah, I just think like this is just so beautiful, so amazing. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so excited to, oh, this, like, I literally, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the video of when the school opened. Don't tell me you cried. I, I, I did. I cried. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I did. I teared up. Rich, you know how I am. <laughs> I teared up. I couldn't help it. I could not. I could not help it. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing um, that what he does, it just it transcends sport. It, it makes you not, it, it breaks the rhetoric of just being a dumb athlete. 
It mm-hmm. puts you in. A, it puts you in a place where, look, we have money. We can create. Excuse me. We can create our own change. And so what he did was something that all athletes could do. You guys are millionaires. You make the money. You come from impoverished areas. Exactly. Put your money where your mouth is. Basically, that's, 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 that's all I'm saying. Um, and and it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. All the shoes that he wears in, in games, he's auctioning them all off. And the proceeds from the shoes go straight to the school. And oh the kids God. that graduate from the school get a full ride scholarship to the University of Akron. Oh, Holy shit. Oh my God. How great, fucking great beautiful. shit. Great shit. Now, people, people are criticizing. I'm like, you know, now look at like Michael Jordan. Like, yo, Jordan. Oh. With you, man. Yes. You, oh. Why you, mm-hmm. why you ain't putting it up, Jordan? So, you know, Michael Jordan is some, some, some sort of, uh, 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 college fund, um, but you know it, it didn't really amount to anything. But in, in regards to LeBron, no, I think LeBron, yet. when it comes to kids and education, is amazing. Mm-hmm. He, he's top notch. Not only is he doing that, uh, basically, they are doing a vote. <laughs> These people are literally doing a, a vote, a protest to be, for LeBron to become the United States Secretary of Education. This wow. is how big this is. Wow. Wow. What I'm saying is this. LeBron James transcended sports so much that the President of the United States, the not, I'm not getting too disrespectful, but Donald Trump had the tweet about it. Oh, yeah. Right? And I got the tweet in front of me, too. Do you have the tweet in front of you? Tweet. Yeah, the tweet when he tweeted about about LeBron James. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, Mr. Orangehead says, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. And then somebody else um, tried to comment, uh, Bill O'Reilly. He says... If LeBron James wants uh, wants to champion social justice as well as basketball, he should go to Chicago and help the poor people there who are experiencing unprecedented violence. Please check out my commentary on BOR.com. So somebody, <laughs> so somebody um, by the name of uh, Eaton Thomas replied back to it and said, Well, Bill, if you didn't have to pay $32 million for sexually harassing your own co-workers, you could have used that money to really make a difference in Chicago yourself. Okay. Yeah, I, I, like, I like to touch on this right here. Because let me, let me take my headphones off. Um, let me clear my mind for a second. And so let me, let me get on this for a second. So, that... The Chicago excuse is what most of these Fox News... Oh, my God. Yes. Keep going. Let's look, at, let's look at Chicago unemployment rate. Let's look at these other things, right? I hate when they use Chicago as, as an excuse, mm-hmm. okay? Now, let's start using Florida. Exactly. Can I kill Virginia Tech? Can we keep on using? They all, you don't hear them saying, well, let's put, you know, we need to do something about that. No. Stop. If you talk about black on black crime, talk about white on white crime, which is, which is larger. 
Let's say this. It's just, it's just what frustrates me. Yeah. The it, most white pin stop. Nobody talks about it. You want to mention Chicago? How about we mention the Crusades? How about we mention the school shootings? How about we ma mention the mass shootings? Oh, those are mentally ill people. So, well, you keep talking about like this is kind of racist stuff. Look, you cannot say it's not. If Chicago people are shooting, right? Mass shootings are going on. People shooting kids this and the third. These people who are shooting. You telling me that they have a mental problem? Why these other people? No, they just—that's um, just black. That's black on black crime. So the white people have, right? And so that's the frustrating point. And Bill O'Reilly—he didn't shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> and he didn't stop sexual assaulting his his workers. Right? What D.L. Hughley says, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Racism, and that's real. It doesn't exist on Fox News. It's just crazy to me. They always want to use the excuse of, of Chicago as in, you know, as if, you know, things like this only happens in Chicago. Like, it, there's so many cities in the United States of America. You really going to keep pinpointing Chicago? Come on, man. Really? Of course. Because that's the only argument they will ever fucking have. Now, I don't curse that much. Well, sometimes I curse. But that's the only fucking excuse these motherfuckers have. Yeah, seriously. This, this, this is the frustrating thing about me. Um, let's, 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 let's match her off of Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Let's get on and we'll rest with what Donald Trump says. Okay? He says, you talk about Donald what 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 things have you done, Donald Trump? Hmm. Oh, okay. All your funds and stuff. No, but it, everything goes bankrupt. You don't you don't do nothing for poor people. You don't do nothing for black people. And that's just real. This man opened up a fucking school. You stupid idiot. And, it, and what have you done over at Trump University? And guess what? Got bankrupt. Yeah. Exactly. And nobody. Nobody got their degree. Nobody got nothing. And they weren't getting calls back or anything. So it's but, like, what shit you got to talk about? Really? But let's, let's be honest. That's, that, that, that's a perfect segue to go into the second topic of what the fuck was going on. Right? So, speaking about 45 Orange, this motherfucker had a meeting with the preachers. Oh, okay. So right. I guess we we skipping. We we about to go straight back. All right, let's keep it. Go ahead. Yes, so, yes, yeah. please. So he had to meet with the black preachers. I guess. Uh, no, Randy, do you, you, you do you have more information about this? This right here. Okay, about so well, considering that you know one of the black preachers that were there is actually a preacher that I. I actually used to look up to, well, not really look up to, but I really loved his teachings. Um, I loved what he seemed to represent. Um, and he took over the church that I used to go to growing up. It used to be called Redemption, but now it's called Relentless Church, uh, Pastor John Gray. He, him and um, other black uh, preachers were summoned up to uh, the White House to visit Mr. Orange. And um, to talk about, I guess, prison reform and what's going on in the in Mr. in the country. Orange. Yes, and <laughs> and here's the thing: they weren't allowed to ask any questions. 
So issue number one. And then um, when Pastor, Pastor Gray actually tried to say something and talk about, you know, the lack of resources that black people have in the community. Trump go, comes back with a rebuttal. How many people are in your churches? He said 5,000. He said, well, this guy over here has 43,000. This is why you shouldn't have gone, you dumbass. And then another preacher, can't remember his name, tried to say that Trump is the most pro-black president that we have seen that we have ever seen in the United States of America um that Obama didn't do half of what he's trying to do I was uh, like my nigga what I oh. wanted to jump through that camera and strangle each and every last one of them what are you doing and then what's worse is that pastor John Gray he was he's representing my hometown I was like you are not representing the Ville. No, no. Because you cannot do this to my city. Not the fucking Ville. Not the fucking... Why? Oh, my God. And a lot of people came to me and could not understand, like, why I was so heated and frustrated about it. The reason why it is so important, you know, that black people have to be angry about this is because what is the number one thing preachers are to white people? They are the face of black people. Because as black people, we are the most religious race in the entire world. So, if the government know this, if the government know that they can use these black preachers as puppets to go back and preach to these black folks to sit on down and listen to Massa and don't do this and don't do that so you can get to heaven, that's why it's such a freaking big deal. So the fact that he's... That they, them as black preachers are going up to the White House, it means that, that they're condoning what Trump is doing, separating families, making sure that, that you know, the, the black community stays where, where, you know, we're not advancing the way that we should be. That's why it's such a big deal. That's why it's such an issue. And this is why I have such an issue with religion. Because the government is using it to still keep us down like they have been doing for the last hundreds and thousands of years. Whew. All right. Okay. I Ooh. think I'm cool now. Got it out. I had to get it out. I had to get it out. Because because sometimes <laughs> I'm so frustrated with my with my with our people because sometimes we will love just fucking anything. Come on now. Really? Let me say this. Like What the fuck do we expect? This is real, man. right? So you give the money, you give the money to the church. The church puts it in the bank, right? What bank? The church, the church, where the church does, the church has to get taxes. Yeah. The church put money towards this bank, right? And the bank goes towards the Vatican, right? Meanwhile, the church down. We have where, where you know, social issues. There are silence. Yeah. Silence. Yes. Yes. And it's silent now. I mean, let me backtrack. Now, churches wasn't always like that. We're looking at Martin Luther King and his churches. Mm -hmm. They were marching. There were, there's multiple other incidents where churches were there. It's just that now in the 21st century, when money's involved, everybody's fucking silent. Mm -hmm. Nobody says anything. And that's real. So, I will say this. If you go to church, just let it be about church. If you know this guy right here is against your people, why do you even come and stay with him? So, 
one of the preachers said Trump is the most pro-black, what, president? Yeah, most pro-black president oh. that we have seen. Okay. What about when um, he, had, he had a civil rights lawsuit, right? Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want black people in his apartments. Mm-hmm. Oh. But he's so pro-black. It is crazy because, because I took a whole note of this junk, so I'm going to start reading these bitches out to everybody so y'all can understand who we're talking about. I think a lot of people voted for him because they say he's not, um, he's not a regular politician, so that's what makes you fuck with him even more. Okay, now look at the things he said. It offends a lot of people. Now, America is not a, it's not a society of just uh, white people. America is not a society of black people. America is not a society of Mexican, American, any Latino people, Asian, Irish, Jewish. America is a society of all people, all nationalities. Exactly. So in order to be president, to me, you have to be able to please all nationalities. You can't just say Mexicans are, are rapists or blacks are lazy. Oh, y'all, y'all forgot that? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I guess. I guess everybody forgot when he said that about black people. Dude, I, I just really don't care about this guy. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. You know, but to each his motherfucking own. If y'all want to rock with him, y'all rock with him. But he's going to disrespect y'all in the end. Mm-hmm. both got hot smoke. Exactly. So, I mean, so with these preachers going over there to talk to him about whatever the hell the case may be. I mean, they weren't nothing but, but pup, little puppet masters. That's it. I mean, everybody knows that. But for, for, for your guy, what's his name? Is John Gray? Yeah. Did you think something different? You are a fool. Yeah, seriously. And, and, that's just real. and then, you know, what pisses me off is that, you know, there was a recording of him when he went back to church. And he said, I went there to pray because the Bible says to pray on the wicked. And you see all these people clapping and cheering for him. And I was like, you dumb motherfuckers. Bible says, all right, I'm going to tell you what also the Bible says to do, right? The Bible also says not to eat seafood, but your fat ass be eating it. Not to mix linens, but your ass be mixing it. Not to sleep not to sleep in the bed with a girl having a well, well, period on, but you did it. Not to indulge, not to overeat, but you fat, so I know you're doing it. That's the problem with people. We want to use the Bible as a safeguard, but constantly, constantly. So John Gray, dumb, stupid. And the words, my boy DJ Cali, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> you know, and he said that his wife told him not to go. They said they're not going to hear you. They're not going to listen to you. And how people are going to look at you, it's not going to work. You should have listened to your wife. I, I don't get it, man. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, it's, it's so... Look, man. We know... These are things that we know. I hate people like this. I hate them. And, 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 uh, hate is a strong word. But I generally dislike them. Like I said, you contradict. You can't say, you know what? The Bible said uh, not to have sex. But... If you give head, you know, it's going to work. It's not really sex. Shut up. It's still a sexual act. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, because a lot of people that's trying to wait till marriage want to say, well, we just did oral until we got married. 
y'all still had sex. That's all. Your mouth is getting fucked. <laughs> you feel me? And this is real, man. If, if you're gonna live by the Bible, live by everything. Um, and I mean, that's all I can say. They, they, they just people just don't do that. Um, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it really is. Um, <laughs> I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here, like what? It, it, but you know that's how people rock it, and you know, to each his own. Um, when that's them, uh, yeah, that, if that's who you listen to, that's who you rock with. Um, then, hey, I just think I just think it's just completely stupid. I just, I. Mm. So speaking of of um, headliners fucking up, you know. Um, fucking up black people in their images and shit. Um, so, Eric Benet decided to open up his uh, his mouth and talk about the rappers of these days. He said, um, he posted this thing on Facebook um, stating, rappers, rap artists, if all you rap about is killing black people, degrading black women, abusing drugs, materialization, living a low life, you are not an artist. You are a black face for the white supremacy. You are being used to destroy your own people. Ha! Hand clap for goddamn Eric Renee got Really? I didn't think you were going to say that. He's been, he's been getting, he, he's, he's been getting a lot of backlash for this. Like they've been getting pissed. Like people were like, why is Eric Benet talking about rap or whatever? That, that would be like me stating, you know, trying to give him marital advice and trying to keep it in his pants for not losing Holly Berry. But yet I'm never married. So. Oh man. Ah, Eric motherfucking Benet. Man, hey, Renee, you so you said some real shit just now. I mean, he didn't say that. Here's the thing: people are not breaking, really breaking down what he's saying. He literally said, "If all you rap about is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, then you are being the black face for white supremacy." He didn't say all you rappers are the black face of white supremacy. See, that's the problem. This is why reading and context is fundamental. He did not say all of the rappers. He said, if you as a rapper speak on these subjects, then you are the black face of white supremacy. And I mean, and I can kind of agree with it. I, 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 I get where he's coming from. I totally get where he's coming from. I totally agree. And I will concur. God damn it. <laughs> Look. All y'all do is talking about is drugs, pushing weight in your black community, mm-hmm. shooting another black person. And guess what? Guess what that feeds into? Hence, 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 Bill O'Reilly and Fox fucking news. Mm-hmm. That shit up like it's breakfast, lunch, and motherfucking dinner, people. Look, sometimes you gotta cultivate yourself. Talk about, you know what? We're gonna go back to the hood. Rap about changing lives. Oh, that's going to be all right. It's easy to rap about killing lives, but it's hard to rap about saving lives. But here's the thing. Ooh, Ooh, that's a quote. That's a good one. That's a damn good one, Rich. Look, of all you guys' gun bars, you're a basic rapper. 
Yeah. And that's real. Yeah. And that's real. You know what I'm saying? You're playing into white supremacy. Yes, I totally agree with Eric Benet. Anybody can say something, whatever they want to say about that nigga. Guess what? Yeah, yeah I'm on your side, big fella. I'm on your side. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is like with this whole shift of mumble rap, I feel like you can do the stupid mumble rap but still not talk about killing and degrading women and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah look, 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 at, look at one of the most successful rappers now. A um, couple of them. J. Cole, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper. Um, we could talk about um, Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z, my God, Nas. I mean, it, the list goes on. Yeah, I mean, it's just things you could talk about. I think these guys are just basic. Yeah, basic. I mean, shit. Kendrick Lamar is 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 a conscious rapper, but he still got bops to where like people are in the club shaking their asses to it. J Cole, same thing. I mean, we listen to J Cole in the club all the time. Kendrick Lamar plays in the club all the fucking time. Jay Z plays in the club. Jay Z be having legit bops that be on on like pop charts, and he be talking about some woke shit. Like I legit, I've been listening to Jay Z. And one of my homeboys told me, he said, Jay-Z has been woke. Jay-Z has been enlightened. And I was like, when the fuck has he ever been enlightened? Like, why is it that now he wants to talk about it? I'm a Jay fan now. Let's not get it. Let's not get carried away here. But there's like certain things. Like my homeboy told me, he said he's not like, he wasn't like out there, out there with it like crazy like he is now. He said, but there's certain things that he would, that he's, that he would say that if you know your history, you know what he's referring to. There was one song, one of his bop, I can't remember, but he talked about Reagan, you know, putting drugs in the streets. Well, that, 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 this, this, that's the thing now. Listen, we got, we got, we got to look at Jay-Z age. Jay-Z mentioned that in the American Gangster. He was in his late 30s. Was he in his late 30s? I thought, okay, yeah. so early, oh, right, because he's in his 40s. That was early 2000. Gotcha. A reasonable doubt, Jay-Z. Um, it's a different character. Dynasty Jay-Z is a different character. Mm-hmm. Now, the older you get, remember, Jay-Z cultivated himself. You have to change who you are to be where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's just real. So, eventually, guess what? Jay has moved from being just a rapper to a figurehead. So right. now if you're a figurehead, what you talk about is different. What you see is different. It's not the same as what you see if you're just rapping. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, pay attention to these things now. I'm not saying the same things I was saying 10 years ago. And someone, some people could say right now I'm a very cautious person. That's but true. But 10 years ago, I'll say something totally different now. That's true. 10 years ago, I was roaming around with the cross on my chest all the damn time. Now, you ain't going to catch me with that bullshit on me. So, it's, it's, it's a different... Um, so, and, you know, it is what it is, but it is a fucking difference. Yes, that's true. I mean, that's true. All right, so let's see what else we got. You say you wanted to talk about Prescott. Oh, okay, yeah, it's this perfect time. Um, I know a lot of people would say, you know, you always talking about the Cowboys. Look, I hate the Cowboys. I'm not going to flex. I'm not even going to stunt. I hate the Cowboys. It is what it is. But now to the black, my black people, my people for equality, my freedom marchers. My people who just want their voice to be heard. They just want equality. Look, the Dallas Cowboys are atrocious when it comes to this. Okay, let's break it down first uh, before I get into Zach Prescott. Um, the player protest. You all remember it. All right. Uh, 
one game, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, the man that inspires with all things Dallas, takes a knee, locks on with the team, takes a knee. Wow. This is powerful. He ends up getting a call or maybe a tweet from the dishonorable president of the United States. Mr. Orange. Oh, which they are friends. They're friends? <laughs> they are friends, people. Yes. So Donald Trump said, hey, man, yo, you bugging out here. Now, after that, Jerry Jones said, we're not going to do that. Any player that takes a knee gets fined. Simple. Boom. Just like that. So it goes to the shield, the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. All right? Roger Goodell said, all right, you know, y'all can stay in the locker room, this, that, and the third, whatever the case may be for this year. Jerry Jones says this. If you're taking the knee June the anthem, y'all going to be on this team. Simple. Dak Prescott, a black man with tattoos, mm. which who does have a criminal record. Mm. Yes, he, he does have a DUI. And a DUI is, well, it's not a criminal, it's just, it's just, it's just a record, y'all yeah, respect. So he does have that. That's what made his draft stock fall. For him knowing the disparity within being a black man with tattoos, and he went to school in Mississippi. So, oh. you, so you know you know about racial tension. Oh my God. R- racial tension is freaking, oof, it's ridiculous it's, down it's there in Mississippi. Yeah. So he knows about this. He comes. He says, the foot protest is a place for people to come together. Oh. So if everybody, obviously it's going to be people from different countries. Why all anthems are being played? Oh, because guess what? It's good for business. It looks good for your white half of the country who don't care about your black tat itself. Mm -hmm. If you would have got arrested next week, Mr. Dak Prescott, guess what? You would have got replaced. You would never be nothing but a memory. That's what the protest for. And for you being a black man to say that, yes, sir, you are in a second place. And yes, you are doing it for the money. You can say what you want to say. You can say, you know what? No, I just believe. No, 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 no. What's real is real. Protest is not for a place for the football field. Oh! So I guess it's sports over freedom? Uh, thank you. For It's your black ass play. Would not amount to the amount of money the white quarterbacks will make. Mm-hmm. The same thing. It's, 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 and this is real. Jerry Jones, the owner for Dallas Cowboys, yes, some, some say he's a player's person. We could say that. But he's a businessman, right? And everything is business. You don't care about the black boys, Tamir Rice, or other guys that did that. Oh, that don't make a difference to you. It doesn't. Because, you know what? Your fan base is what matters. Exactly. And this is what makes Colin Kaepernick such a monumental hero to me. I, I, could, I could put him somewhere and in, 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 in right under, um, well, as, as far as spokesman goes, I have Muhammad Ali, 
Mm-hmm. Let's go about the sports. LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Dak Prescott. You done, you done, they done hit the teacup on you too many motherfucking times, people. Ah, nigga. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just kind of hit me what reference you hit. I hit the teacup too much on you. <laughs> and it's real. So, Dak Prescott and all these Cowboys fans, and I would say Cowboys fans, and if you're black, matter of fact, if I, I don't even say black, because sometimes if I say black, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm just uh, being there about it. Um, everybody, if you're for freedom, equality, you know what's right, and you know what's wrong. We're not, they're not protesting the flag, it's to bring awareness. And obviously, y'all don't care because it still goes on to today. <laughs> and you talk about people get kicked off for showing they care about their community or care about their culture. That shows what, what that's said. Truly shows what kind of owner you are, Jerry mm-hmm. Jones. You don't care about these players unless it benefits you for your pockets. Yep, exactly. My thing is, my thing. I need, <laughs> I need, I need white people to realize this. Just like a quote in one of my guy friends' songs says, "If we don't get justice, then you won't get peace." I'm trying to figure out why white people think that we're just gonna shut up. It's never gonna happen until we get what we need to get. We're not gonna shut the fuck up. It's not going to happen. My problem is, is that these white people, they are, they're getting so agitated. It's all these little niggas don't know when to shut the fuck up and sit down. That's the problem they have. That's not going to happen. So sorry. We now know our voices and who we are and where we come from. And we're not going to keep going through what our parents and our grandparents and our great-great-great-grandparents went through and what our ancestors went through. No. I'm not, like, I, like, I so want the t-shirt that says, I'm not... My ancestors, I will slap the shit. Well, okay, well, never mind. My ancestors, they did smack the shit out of white people. So I guess it's more for like the the blacks in the United States because my ancestors, they they, they did more than smacking. They they poisoned, killed, slaughtered, slaughtered, and everything. So never mind. We gonna skip that part. But anyways, but yeah, and and the thing is, it's like you know. These white figureheads, they keep thinking that black people are just going to, like, eventually we're going to get fed up and just not do anything. No, it's only going to get worse. We're only going to get more agitated. We're only going to get more aggravated. If anything. And eventually, we're going to be, eventually, violence is going to break out. Seriously. Seriously. Because, and then what's worse is that, you know, they keep talking about the whole kneeling, kneeling thing. And how disrespectful it is and things like that. And Colin Kaepernick told everybody, I talked to a veteran, and that's how he said that I should do it. <laughs> like, uh, y'all still missing the point when he, he even showed the picture of who the fuck the man was. And y'all still saying that this, that's disrespect, disrespecting the flag when a fucking veteran told him that that's what he should do? That's the most respectful way to go about it? In the words of my mother, get my little. They just, oh. Jesus Christ. Just back. Mm. They itch my nerves. That's just how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> when, when it's money involved. Shit. Well, okay. So on things that's not like too super serious, I know you say you wanted to discuss um, R. Kelly, I Admit Song. Oh, 
You said he's that too, too serious. This song is a lyric. Why don't you drop a nice two minute fucking song? Talk about he admitted he can't read. He admitted having sex with his fans. He admitted to sleep with his wife's best friend. God damn it, I can't even do so much goddamn shit. Get his money stolen from his managers. I admit it, I admit it, I admit it. I admit it, I admit it, I admit it. I admit it that I fucked that bitch. I admit it that I hit that trick. I'm like, okay. So I was listening to it. By the time it went to like eight minutes, I said, nigga, I'm about to read your lyrics because you, you, you getting on my nerves with this. So since he can't read, I wanna, you know, how's his writing skills? I mean, did he write on that? He said he admitted he can't spell worth a shit. He said he admitted he can't spell. So I don't know. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Goddamn R. Kelly. Look, all right, we get it, man. We get it. All right. All right, R. Kelly, we get it. Okay, you did a lot of bad shit in your life. We all have. Now, R. Kelly, you just have to pay the piper. <laughs> yes, you remember, we call this the piper, right? Piper the R&B. Now, you have to pay the piper, literally. And you have to charge the shit, you have to charge the shit to the game. Hey, look, we know R. Kelly. We know all this shit about you, man. We knew you was a nasty nigga. He made a whole damn album about straight fucking. 12 Play. I love that album. Oh, he made another one too called Echo. Straight fucking. It's a great album though. I ain't gonna lie. I love Echo. Yeah. We got a lot of of songs. Go plays. But, you are what we thought you were. You a nasty, nasty nigga. In the words of um of uh Tiffany Haddish. He is, but Ah, that damn that damn Dak Prescott boy. Shit, that nigga's still on my mind. No hold on. Oh, you still mad about <laughs> that? Shit. God damn yeah. Did you hear about um Hall of Famer Jim Brown says that he'll never kneel during the anthem? Another coon. And I'm gonna keep saying that. I don't give a fuck what anybody say. Yo, Jim Brown, you fuck for equal rights. You know, you know what this country did to a lot of black people. And you still, you know, thinking me? Shut the fuck up. Nigga, you're 82 years old. Yeah, Nigga, you don't went through up. the... And, and here's the worst. He's 82 years old, so he's gone through, like, way fucking worse than we have. I know. That's the point. He, Jim Brown was going around when, you know, it was the, the great, you know, outcry when he was one of the first black people to play football and shit like that. Look, you've been through it, Jim, Jim, Jim Brown, whatever you, you know... That's stupid. Literally. Seriously. You said I will always respect the flag. Stupid stupid fuck. For the disparity of the criminal justice system. God damn, why do I keep trying to switch the song? It's not. Damn. That's, that's the issue. Like I, they keep talking about the flag, this, the flag, that. Shut the f- Shut up, bro. It is not about the flag. It is about Police brutality and how the system has kept black people down. What are y'all not? Y'all not listening? Oh yeah, I mean, come on now. Seriously, I mean, we've been. This movement has been. This movement has been happening for how long now? A year, year and a half. And we, we like people are still like not speaking about what the movement is really about. Like, come on. Well, guess what? They don't want to face it. When you don't want to face it, you want to make someone criticize it. Okay, I guarantee you, you want to live the life of Tamir Rice. Oh! Yeah, oh, that's what I thought for these all these other motherfuckers. 
fuck Jim Brown, man. <laughs> For real. And fuck everybody who, who, who say, you know, they ain't going to need Well, nigga, that's you. Stupid ass. So when shit happened to you, don't be looking for black people to come come to your rescue. And that's the problem. That's the problem. They be looking back. Where y'all at? Uh-uh, nigga. You say you was never going to kneel, so what the fuck we got to be supporting you for? Okay. Okay. Um, He's he's doing the damn, uh, what's his name? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods talking about something. I'm not black. I'm Asian. Then when he started going through all that shit, when not nail one black person was af- was behind him. I know I would. I know I would. Shit, me neither. Yes, you, you ain't black. Be great. You got it. You be got great. it, genius. Be motherfucking great. Mm-hmm. Damn, man, we had this for a minute. But, so, uh, stupid motherfucker of the week. All right. And gentlemen, I got two, but I'm going to go people one first. Okay. And Casey, South Carolina. Right? <laughs> Where uh, I lived. All right, he called the police to report his meth being stolen. <laughs> uh, yes, he called the police to say his meth was stolen. But that's not the crazy, also crazy part. The crazy part is the police came and they didn't just arrest the man, they helped, they helped search for the meth. They, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> No. Yes. No. 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 Yes. Nigga, no. Wait a minute. They searched for the meth. Okay, so they, did they find the meth? Well, eventually they did. Right? From one of his neighbors. She said she took the meth from him because she knew that he was overdosing on it. And she wanted to save his life. 25 year old guy, white guy from. Casey, South Carolina. You are a super motherfucker of the week. Oh, my God. So, did he end up going to jail? No. Of course not. (laughs) Of Of course the fuck not. Of course. But that's the super motherfucker of the week, dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This nigga reported his meth being stolen, and he ain't go to jail. I'll be damned. What what would it be like to just be white, male, and straight in the United States of these America? Mm-mm-mm. You just get away with it. The stuff that I hear about them getting away with, I'm like, damn. Perks, man. Perks. I mean, legit. Complexion for the protection. But it's crazy, though, man. It's honestly crazy. You gotta be extremely high to call the police to report your damn shit. Oh <laughs> my god, bro, bro! You gotta be high as hell for that. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. The fact that they went searching for it and found it, and he still didn't go to jail. I'm just—it's unreal. But that's what they do in the South. Oh God! Oh God! Well, any last regards we got tonight? Okay, I got one. All right, everybody, I want everybody to do this. It's very important that you keep like energies around you. Amen. Preach. That is important. With people with bad energy, look, keep away from them. Because eventually that bad energy is going to rub off on you. Stay black. Stay black. (laughs) (laughs) Stay black. And stay woke. Yes. Oh, man. 
Well, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we're going to have to do a hell of a lot of editing for this. But um, we hope that y'all tune in. Please follow us in all our social media sites. Um, we're, at, we're on Instagram, uh, The Last Cassette. Facebook, The Last Cassette as well. Uh, follow me um, at Egyptia um, on Instagram. And Richard is on iClock I underscore Kent. Did I say it right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I probably understood Okay, also, yep. like, comment, subscribe. We're on Podbean, Anchor, uh, Google Playlist, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. iTunes, Spotify. We're on Spotify now, nigga? Yeah. Shit, I just lied to somebody. Oh, shit, I did not know we were on Spotify. That is so bad that this is also my podcast and I didn't know it was on Spotify. Great job, hero. Oh, God. It's so bad. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. And uh, tune in um, next week for everything else, all the bullshit we got to talk about and discuss. And we out. We're gone. All right. Bye.